0: sales, leadership, social media, and more. When it comes to business, Accelerate Your Business Growth has got it covered. And now on with the show. My guest today is Patty Mara. Patty is always looking for the shifting point, the piece of the puzzle that opens up a new level of results. Patty has spent over 20 years helping companies and individuals take a fresh look at the way they operate. This unique insight helps them reach their full potential, enhancing customer experiences and dramatically increasing their growth, customer retention, and profit. She's the author of Up Solutions: Turning Your Team into Heroes and Customers into Raving Fans. Thanks so much for joining me today, Patty.
1: Thank you, Diana. I'm excited to be on your podcast.
0: I'm thrilled to have you here, um, and I want to you know dive right in. You say um that that we should embrace the opportunity in change and i was wondering if you would explain that what you mean by that to the listeners
1: absolutely well of course we've just come through a period of global crisis and interruption (laughs) (laughs) you know pretty much regardless of what business you're in and almost wherever you are in the world there's been an impact felt somewhere um but there's a flip side. It's like there's a yin yang. As challenging as change is, and especially imposed change, mm. um, there's also opportunity. It's you know the the saying when one door closes, another door opens. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely true. And one of the um, I think one of the gold nuggets in the core of it is that crisis interrupts all patterns. And as challenging as it is, it's, this is where there's opportunity because um, I, I find just as I think human beings, and this is true of business leaders and team members, we, we tend to continue on the path we're on. You know, we've, We took the time, invested the time, made decisions, put systems in place, put teams in place to produce results, and we don't tend to go back and reevaluate them. And lest we either have a strong vision pulling us forward or something is challenging us, causing us to reevaluate. We have an opportunity here to reevaluate and rather than, you know, hold on to structure systems, all of that, that may have been generating um, diminishing returns which is certainly true with a lot of businesses I was talking to you in 2019, they were being squeezed.
0: Yeah.
1: So the opportunity here is to future forward your business is to really reevaluate. What is your business? Who is your market? How do you deliver value? Um, what is the value that's being appreciated and consumed and then positioning that for success. So I think we're in a huge opportunity
0: mm.
1: to future forward your business.
0: Boy, I do too. And I just, I love that crisis interrupts all patterns. I th- That really hit me because sometimes that's what we need, right? We need that jolt to get us to to look at things, you know, take a step backward and go, okay, hang on a second. Is this really the best way I should be operating? The best path I should be taking?
1: Absolutely. And, and you know, there are certainly... Some tech winners in the last couple of years, like Zoom as an example. Yeah. I remember reading an article by the president of Shopify and Shopify software for brick and mortar businesses to take them on online, which pretty much any brick and mortar business has to have an online business in this day and age. Sure. Um, and so they made that easy. And And I read an article by the president saying that the impact of the pandemic and the policies around it was to f- was to forward their business model by ten years.
0: Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, boy, it just catapulted them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. Mm-hmm. So, um, so you mentioned, you know, future forwarding a business. What, what are those steps, or what? What is that first crucial step? Do you think that a that a leader should be taking in order to be able to set that in motion?
1: Yeah, that's um the how to make it digestible. Great question, Diane. So um I think it's kind of a two a two-prong approach. Um the first is of course you want to have a future vision vision of your business, and I'll get back to that, but I okay. think the core is to really be clear and define who's your target audience. And yeah. I I say this, it's interesting. When I'm working with businesses, everyone knows they need to have a target audience. Everyone knows they have some best fit customers, but very few businesses have actually done the work to identify what's their best fit target audience and which one are they going to focus on right now to expand. Especially if you know if they have more than one, what's the main one you're going to focus on? Um and and get very clear what's the smaller the niche, the bigger the market. There's that, you know, that saying, the, sma- sure. the more, right, it's more defined you get. So it's literally getting down into um, being able to understand and understand what's, who they are, what's important to them, and that you speak their language. There's a, a great story of a, a really dynamic uh, business coach and her name's going to escape me, but the book she wrote was End Overwhelm Now, and um, she she just had success as a business coach. She had been worked in uh, Tony Robbins organization as a coach for a while, and but it was when she was writing the book End Overwhelm Now that she really defined the specific targeted niche that, you know, she was speaking for. Who was she writing for? And it was uh, licensed professional women hmm. as soon as she got the language as soon as she identified that narrow a niche it's like the languaging fit so how she, what she was writing and how she was writing appealed to her target audience and her business took off now she still has other people that approach her and she can you choose are. to work with them it's not like you exclude that um and she actually shared a tony robbins quote you want to market narrowly and serve broadly.
0: Right. Right. Boy, I know. I, I, it's, I'm I, so glad that you're talking about this because I think part of the reason why companies don't want to niche down is because they think they're going to miss out on opportunity. But what they don't realize is if they can speak to a specific audience, the audience is going to hear them. But, you know, and it doesn't mean that they can't Um, entertain business that comes to them or potential business that comes to them. It's really just about who are you, who are you targeting? Who are you speaking to?
1: Yeah. And, and I have another example. That's very, very narrow because to take your point, point, Diane, um, a financial planner I'd worked with a number of years ago, his target audience were Delta airline pilots.
0: Oh my, that is narrow.
1: Right? But (laughs) he was a pilot himself. And Ah. so he spoke the language, had lots of friends. And because he had friends, every year he got the uh, Delta Airlines employee, updated employee handbook with all the benefits. So he knew that employee handbook and was up to date every year. He knew it inside and out. And so he could, he created the best results for um, Delta airline pilots. And hey, there's always two pilots on every plane. They talk to each other. Huh. So they became his marketing.
0: Wow. <laughs> That's really, it, it's a great example. I appreciate it. That, that is phenomenal.
1: And, and listen, most, most businesses are not that narrow. I mean, you might, but really they're not. But it, you know, it's a pharmacy. Let's take a, an independent pharmacy and maybe their target audience are families with young children. I worked with a pharmacy owner and that really was her target audience, families with young children. And she tried to launch a diabetic education program and it never took off, regardless of the effort put in, it never took off. It wasn't her market. You know, every pharmacy should be into diabetic education. That's kind of what we think is true, but it wasn't true for her market. And she Hmm. really owned in her community, the market of families with young children.
0: That's interesting so it sounds like she she had an audience but she wasn't speaking to them about something that was relevant to them
1: well she was um you know uh she I mean she had done everything they had uh the waiting room had a a play a playroom for kids you know there were little videos being played and there was lots of toys and it was it was very child-friendly store so Um, what she found is when she really took care of that audience and then you know she had both connections with pediatricians in the area but also patients were telling pediatricians so there was like they were getting from both sides Uh, Um, so that worked really well for her but she thought because thinking is that every pharmacy should have a diabetic program when she introduced that it never took off because there weren't enough of the patients in her target audience that that's what they wanted
0: yeah right right yeah yeah it's so interesting so i want to i'm going to say sort of back up for a second Mm -hmm. because um we hear all the time that people don't like change and i'm not convinced it's the actual change they don't like but i'm curious what you think are the challenges to change, you know, that, that show up that keep people from pivoting.
1: Uh, absolutely. I, I would say we, we all, whether we can adapt easily to change or not, um, I think we all resist imposed change. <laughs> right. Right. So there, there's always a, there's always a, a, a challenge if we feel like something's been imp- imposed on us. Mm-hmm. Um, the, i'm I'm gonna go back a little bit uh back step a couple steps diane and and um i I said earlier that I find that we tend to keep doing the same thing mm-hmm. even if we're getting diminished results unless we have a new vision pulling us forward that causes us to change or we have challenges pushing us that we have to adapt to right or you know be squeezed or. You know, die out. Um, so, um, you know, the, I'm going to tie that into I think it's important to have a, a future vision. And this is the future forwarding your business idea. And in order to do that, you have to first know who your target audience is really, what's important to them, what value do you create, what solution do you provide, how do they want to consume it from you, and then fit that. That's the kind of the two prong. Fit that into the vision of where do you want to be, what impact you want to have, what's the reputation that you're you're developing. That you know, it's kind of those are the two sides of what you offer and and what you're creating. Um, and so, bringing it back to your question, uh, the challenges to change personally and professionally. It's, um, I really, for me, I think there's a mindset. So tapping into with challenge, what's the gift in every challenge is, it's just something that's been innate for me. That's been really strong. I've noticed that most of what I would call the breakthroughs in my life where I've, you know, done a pivotal shift forward have come out of some kind of crisis that Mm. challenged how I was operating again, personally or professionally. Okay. And so one piece is acknowledging the gift what progress am I making even if it feels like I'm going backwards what progress am I making and then the next piece of that is shifting the framework again on this is this future forward vision shifting the framework of what you want to accomplish I find it does, it's just a lot easier if you know where you want to be then it's gives you a creative framework to deal with challenge, change, and growth versus a reactive framework of responding to what's being imposed. So it's it, it's little, like little pieces. It's like, what's the gift? So that you start looking for the opportunity, acknowledging progress, even in the midst of, of where it feels like you're going backwards, you're taking steps, how are you dealing with it? And that future vision. And I just want to add in a caveat that Each of us are the author of our future vision of where we want to be. And so since you're the author, you're not limited by it. Somebody, uh, um, a presenter I once listened to said, any goal you set, say, or more. (laughs) I want this future vision or or more. Um, And because you're the author, you can change it at any time. You can edit, change, redirect, because it's your vision and you're the author.
0: That's really great. That's great. It's not set in granite, right? So you you can massage it. You can grow it. You can pivot, I guess. You know, you really can take it wherever you want to. And do you think that, do you find that that when companies, you know, leadership does this sort of thing as they implement and, and are moving uh, toward that um, future that sometimes they uncover things that can change their direction?
1: 100%. I, absolutely. In fact, a different way of saying that, it's an important point because I think a different way of saying that is that when you create a future vision and you set a future goal, that's greater than where you are today, whatever area you're looking at. You don't yet know what you need to know in order to reach that future vision or goal. And so it's taking action based on what you know today and allowing that what you need to know is going to show up. Now, sometimes it'll show up because you have a big win or something off to the side that you weren't expecting. You know, you want to celebrate all of the wins along the path. But a lot of the lessons learned will be when things go wrong. You take action with an expectation and what happens actually educates you on what you need to know and what skills you need or resources you need to get, reach your goal. And so the sooner you can embrace all of the corrections along the path or the, I like to call this the school of, of economics, of entrepreneurial success, and sometimes (laughs) tuition's a little high, But, but it is, you know, you have to embrace, um, it's almost like you have to embrace feeling uncomfortable on the path to your future vision Yeah, because you have to put yourself in learning mode.
0: Right. Right. Which is tough for a lot of people. They think Mm -hmm. they're already supposed to know. Um, collaboration and and the role collaboration plays in growth and market leadership?
1: Yes, um, absolutely. You know, I think uh, there's a societal expectation that we've grown, like there's a management structure shift that's happened as we've come out of the industrial age into the information age into the knowledge age. And I think we're really solidly in a period of time that it, people are not just butts and seats, they're talent and um, experience, and they're not interchangeable. And so, part of that, I, I'm going to lean on Daniel Pink's book, Drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, he talks about what motivates people in today's marketplace. And money is kind of the baseline. In fact, money is people need to be paid. Uh, relative to the value they create um, and and be able to you know live comfortably at the point that they are. So, but that's baseline. It's not motivating. It needs to be handled. And, but what's motivating is that people feel like there's a purpose. They, what they do, they're part of a purpose. They have an impact. That there's an opportunity to develop and grow and that they have greater and greater autonomy. They can have a greater and greater impact as they continue to develop and um so collaboration and i think for business leaders this is crucially important whether it's a business owner a team leader um a community leader that an essential skill set in today's marketplace is the ability to engage people enhance and, and create an environment for their talent and create a collaborative environment which means There's trust, there's as much, um, uh, you know, diversity of age and gender and um, background and everything. It means you you want um, diverse um, viewpoints and talents in order to expand uh, the input and therefore the output that's possible. So I I think this is one of the most important skill sets going uh, a, an article I read by a, a business owner that the impact for him of, of the last couple of years and having his team go remote was all of a sudden he started finding out the talents they had. Hmm. His his past structure was that he expected his team to do what he said and do it how he would do it. And what he's learned out of this is he might set the direction but if he allows the team to determine how they do it using their talents, what he's finding is they're being innovative, and the business has expanded. And his clients have remarked on the on the greater value they're getting from the company because of the big the collaborative role that his teams playing.
0: Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. It's so great, and, and oh, I I oh, more and more people are hearing that and embracing that because there's so much opportunity for really just great things to be happening in businesses if they adopt that sort of belief system.
1: You, you commented, Diane, about you know, the opportunity. I, I actually think we're in a period of time that we're in the greatest opportunity that we'll likely experience in our lifetimes. Wow. I, this, this, this crisis interrupts all patterns. We're in one of the most creative periods likely of this century. And it's not dissimilar to the great depression in the 1900s. Um, and, and as traumatizing as that was really um, the you know, most of the Fortune 500, company, or the large number of the Fortune 500 companies came out of that period, of that, of that decade. Um, huh. mo- there were more millionaires created in, in the Great Depression in the 19- in that century than at any other point in time in the entire century. Wow. So I think this, this is, and it's, it's not that it's complicated, it's, but it's redefining. It's really redefining. One of the, one of the things that I've noticed is that a lot of, um, depending who a client or customer is of a business, a lot of the wants and needs, what they want and how they want to consume it has changed.
0: Oh, okay, What? so can you expand on that?
1: Sure, I'll give myself as an example. Okay. I, I would say I'm a passionate advocate for local independently owned businesses. I think they're the hub in the community, they're the employer in the community, they put money into the community and i think they're you know it's our locally owned businesses that are take our communities out of crisis so i'm a passionate advocate and what i've noticed is that as a customer i don't want to go around and shop anymore i want to be able to go online find out based on what i want to buy where can i buy it and if possible it comes to me so we've had an amazon type effect because we've all been in our homes for two years and it's changed our buying habits even if we want to go out we don't necessarily want to go out in the same way we did before right so you know if if, Mm. for example if you're a retailer in a local community you need to be reaching out to that community and engaging them and reminding them what you carry and why choose you and how do you make it easier for example one of my favorite business models is a subscription business model and i'm not talking about the sock of the month i'm not talking about a subscription model to increase consumerism. I'm talking about a subscription model, who are your customers, what do they wanna buy from you and how do you make it easier for them?
0: Wow, this is so interesting. So does this allow them to stay as brick and mortar or do you think they just become strictly an online business?
1: Ah, yes, I think we're in a brick and mortar renaissance. I think brick and mortar is going to become more important.
0: However,
1: traditionally, brick and mortar stores, physical stores, kind of had the mindset that they had a shop space, they opened their doors and people came in. Yeah. And that's no longer true. There's, um, There's a little bakery, a little French bistro bakery, and it opened May 2020. So it opened, it opened mm. a hot period of time that no one could go into their store, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, and I don't, I think I don't even think they have a website yet. They did everything on social media on Facebook and Instagram, and very quickly they have this they have this raving fan following, and I include myself because you know what they offer is really unique and really delicious, um, huh. and so they've got this huge following and they've done it at a location that previous previously businesses have failed because they just don't seem to find it but this little bakery is drawing people to it and it's always busy
0: wow it's so so i mean you know part of what i take away from this is that when we understand our target and we aren't afraid to get creative right and and change the way we are doing things and really speak to those changes that you were talking about how people are buying and consuming we further our you know we deepen our connection to our client base and then that leads to you know building on that right they become our ambassadors and word of mouth spread and and things like that
1: mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, I I want to do business with companies that treat me so well, anticipate my needs and have me feel related to them that I give them a monopoly of my attention and money.
0: Yeah, and do you think that it feels to me like that's what people want? They want to find, they don't want to shop everywhere. They don't want to have to go, you know, look for that sort of thing. They want to be presented with that. And feel like these people get me. You know, I, I, it, it's consistent. I know they care. I know they're paying attention. It makes my life easier.
1: Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I and I like what you just said, Diane. It's like, how do you make my life easier? And if you're thinking from that again, it's who are who are your target audience? What's important to them? And then how do you make their life easy? And, and this, this is where you have customers for life because life just works and you take care of them.
0: Yeah. Right. So why would they go anywhere else? It's a known, you know, they know they're being taken care of.
1: Yeah. And then it's not about price. Right. It's not that you can get it for $2 less on Amazon. Right. It doesn't matter because Amazon can't deliver the value you're getting.
0: Right. Right. Exactly. Wow. This is so interesting. I, I'm so glad we are having this conversation. I think, especially now it is critically important that people, you know, business owners and leaders embrace this whole idea of um, the opportunities that are available to them in this new world that we're living in and that they take control of that. So it's not imposed as, as you were talking about before.
1: Yep. I 100%
0: agree. It's so, I I, I seriously, like I'm taking notes through this whole thing. So that's how I know this is really (laughs) (laughs) great information, Patty. I'm so grateful for this conversation. Will you um, share with the listeners how they can find you, you know, whatever you think they should know, please.
1: Absolutely. Thank you, Diane. So the best way to get in touch with me is pattymara.com. That's P-A-T-T-I-M-A-R-A.com. And um, the links to social media are on those. And And Diane, I have a special link for for your audience, for your podcast, and it's uh, pattymara.com forward slash accelerate your business growth. And if you go to that link, this is a kind of a hidden page on my website, and it's specifically for your listeners. And I've I've created a tool called the Touchpoint Scorecard. It's a it's one of those tools to find out really identify what experience are you creating with your customers. It's a great tool to use with your team as well, so that you develop that skill set with your team. And there's a short video showing you how to use it. So that's you know, it's a, just a, a free download on that on that web page. So if they'd like to get in contact with, with me, certainly the website, please reach out on social media. I'm happy to connect. I enjoy hearing about all types of businesses and what your challenges are and what your opportunities are.
0: That's so great. And thank you for that. I'll make sure that that link um, and information about the Touchpoint uh, scorecard is uh, in the show notes. So- everyone sees it. And again, thank you so much for spending this time with us. I think this was tremendously valuable for the listeners.
1: Thank you, Diane.
0: Absolutely. And listeners, thank you. You are, you are who we are doing this for. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Discover more episodes of this podcast and explore others And I'm Stephanie Silverman. If you're the parent of a teenager, or a
1: teacher, or maybe just someone who vividly remembers how challenging those awkward in between years can be, well, we're here to save the day with our podcast, Your Team with Sue and Steph, the go to source for guidance on raising tweens and teens. From behind-the-scenes info on college admissions... I'm so passionate about science and research, but if you really didn't do
0: anything about it, they're not really going to believe you.
1: To tactical advice on surviving middle school and high school... If my mom, who's smart and awesome, could have friend drama and be okay, then I
0: also will be okay.
1: And raising your children to be upstanders... The words of feeling are critical because they help push a child to be able to act. Sue and I are by your side and ready to help you navigate this crazy world one episode at a time. Listen to your team with Sue and Steph wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcast.com. We can't wait for you to join us.